This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. This is the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Again, we're at Studio B today on Airline Drive, the headquarters for the Saints and the Pelicans. Happy Thursday, everybody. Lots to talk about today. Oh, boy. Yesterday was a full day uh, here for the Pelicans and the Saints. Uh, one had a good day. One not so much. <laughs> it really was um, kind of an emotional ride yesterday in, in that football-wise, I thought the uh, hour spent with Saints head coach Sean Payton was very good. Nice start to the offseason. And uh, then race over to Smoothie King Center, and the Pelicans uh, seemingly had everything laid out perfectly for them. Dallas coming in after a double overtime win, resting for their five starters, um, chance to start the homestand right, and then splat. <laughs> it went bad. Mavericks 100, Pelicans 91. New Orleans now 11-23 and 23 overall, 7-8 and eight at home. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit today uh, and hear from head coach Alvin Gentry and pick uh, Jennifer Hale's brain as well. Jennifer Hale, of course, is going to serve a dual role for us today. She's our featured guest, and she will be talking about not only the Pelicans, but helping us preview the NFL playoffs this weekend. We've got four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and uh, Jen Hale saw pretty much, well, she saw, I think, out of the eight teams playing, I bet she covered seven of the eight up close and personal, including Washington this past weekend, so we're excited to have uh, Jennifer Hale with us. Back to football for a moment. Here's head coach Sean Payton yesterday with uh, kind of one uh, of many key statements uh, in the room across the hallway from us. I know it appeared there was a looming decision, but I think um, this is this is really me me saying again, and this is this here here I am, and nothing's changing, and I plan on finishing my career here. I think Zach Streif said it best last week. I'll, I'll be here as long as they'll have me. And so coming up in segment two of our Black and Blue Report today, we're going to take you through some of the highlights um, of his uh, hour-long visit yesterday with the New Orleans media. Really, it was almost a conversation not only with the media but the fans of the Saints. It was less press conference, more fireside chat type thing. I mean, I think you could have taken the table away from Sean Payton and uh, just kind of everybody would sit in the living room and have this conversation. Um, there was some depth to the conversation. I thought that there were a lot of things answered, some things that weren't that don't necessarily need to be answered, um, and, a, and a sense of renewal a little bit. And maybe that was the, the whole point going in. And if it wasn't, that's what, that, that's what ended up happening. Um, I've been through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of press conferences. This one was just a little bit different. And if you listened to it or watched it live, on NewOrleansSaints.com yesterday or on NFL Network or any of the local TV outlets or radio outlets, maybe you had the same feeling. Um, and if you weren't in the room, uh, maybe you weren't able to capture all of it. So we'll go back through a couple of the things today. We'll do that here coming up after our first time out. Pelicans, why is Alvin Gentry last night after the loss? Coach, where does the conversation begin after a game like that? Um, I don't really know. To be honest with you, I wish – Wish I had answers. I don't have answers, but we're going to come up with answers. Just this 
it's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to anybody for us to uh, come out and have that kind of effort. It just it really isn't. And when I say us, I mean all of us, you know, coaches, players, everybody. Just not – it's not good, you know. I'm, I'm really disappointed in the way we approach the thing. Uh, we try time and time again to tell them that, you know, it doesn't matter who's playing and who's not playing. Usually in these situations, guys try to step it up anyway because they're trying to earn extra minutes. And we didn't react. You know, we just didn't, you know. Uh, I, I wish I knew what to say. I mean, you know, I don't. Is there any thought given to changing practice routines, practicing more, something to, to spark a difference in the attitudes? Well, I, I guess the, the thing that's the, it's even more alarming than that, Jan, is the fact that, you know, the last two days we've had great practices with great energy, uh, good execution, uh, good competitiveness, and then we come out and we play against, you know, an opponent and, and we don't have it. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the answer is, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Is there a particular facet of this that is the most frustrating or is it all kind of combined? Well, the most uh, the, the frustrating thing is, is that we can go to uh, Dallas and play like we did and have good pace and do good I mean, and then come up with stops. And then we come back home and have an opportunity to now try to make up ground and get back in a playoff race. And, uh, and, 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 and we lay an egg. Basically, that's what we did. We laid an egg. So, uh, you know, we, we're definitely going to change something. We're going to change something because obviously what we're doing is only working part-time. And we need something that we can count on night in and night out. And we need consistency. And that's what we got to get to. And so whatever we have to do to do that, that's what we got to do. And if we have to change lineups or change rotations or do something completely different, then we're at the stage where obviously we have to do that. Do you have any idea where those changes would start? Um, we got we to play the people that's going to give us night in and night out what we expect. And we got to be consistent. We got to develop consistency. And we're just not getting it. You know, one night we get something good here and something good there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've got to get to the point where night in and night out we know exactly what we're getting and everything can't be predicated on making shots and not making shots, you know. And we just got to do it, – it's just going to have to be an overhaul, really. It's got to be an overhaul. And, you know, we, we got to get there. You know, we got a lot of games left to play. And – you know, we're not going to coast through this. You know, I refuse to be involved in anything where we're going to just coast through. So we'll just have to, uh, you know, find a way to, like I said, change lineups, change rotations, change people if we have to. So obviously we have two head coaches talking about completely different things and with different emotions on both sides. Uh, the Pelicans, again, lose to the shorthanded Mavericks. 100 to 91. Anthony Davis had numbers last night, 26 and 12. But really beyond that, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. And uh, the Pelicans have plenty to discuss at practice today before hosting the Indiana Pacers tomorrow. Okay, quick timeout. When we come back, we'll turn our attention back to Sean Payton and yesterday's press conference here at Airline Drive. 
Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Friday, January 8th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Indiana Pacers battle your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and celebrate Superhero Night. The first 8,000 in attendance will receive a Pelican Superhero poster. Come dressed as your favorite superhero and you can enter our costume contest to have a chance to win great prizes. Tickets start as low as $21. So don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. New Orleans, get ready for WWE Monday Night Raw. Televised live worldwide from Smoothie King Center. Monday night, January 11th, featuring the return of Brock Lesnar. Plus, you'll see John Cena, Roman Reigns, Demon Kane, The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, The Divas, and many more in action. Don't wait. Great seats are available now at the box office and Ticketmaster. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Saints head coach Sean Payton spent just over 60 minutes yesterday uh, afternoon. Uh, it was a what, 2 p.m. Central press conference. It took us just over, uh, just past the 3 o'clock hour. Um, came in, sat down, made an opening statement, and then said, uh, hey, I'll be here until you're all done asking questions. And uh, he said, and this, is, of course, a, was more humorous for those who are around him every day, um, I won't say next question today. And um, uh, it was the charming side of Sean Payton yesterday. But but a, a real a real sense of reflection to him and um, and a little bit awestruck, I think, about what what's ahead for Sean Payton. Um, this sense that this is the way I felt when I first came here. Obviously, chasing, as he calls it, chasing the chicken and getting that Super Bowl win. You know, what ensued and what it meant for his program after that. And then here now, after a couple of losing seasons, what it means to maybe start Chapter 2. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Chapter 2 or uh, the next era of Sean Payton Saints football uh, begins with this press conference yesterday. So I played you that that statement from earlier. Let's jump into some of the highlights um, from yesterday's uh, session. Uh, Coach was asked to, if he took if he took some time to take some personal inventory overall, and we're we're talking about a span here, basically from Sunday night into Wednesday afternoon. This inventory may have started much sooner, but in the small amount of time, uh, Coach Payton had been doing a lot of reflecting. Yeah, yeah, um, man, you uh, you look at. It's important to have people in your circles that'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And and I I do feel, I feel more, more passion, more energy. I feel, listen, some of our some of our best coaching jobs 
this past year, despite the record, some of them, man, showed up in maybe a tough loss, you know, to Carolina. Or there's some areas specifically, obviously, that we have to improve on to be competitive and to, and to be playing at this time of the year. Um, but I, I, know for, I know for certain that, and you guys are around me probably and, and would be b- better able to answer that question, but I know for certain that it, uh, it exists here. It exists in this city, and it exists at this stadium for these fans um, this is it. This is where, as you start looking, and, and and there wasn't ever a time where it was like, well, what, what other opportunities? This is this is where I want to be. I mean, you're here not because we're here long enough, but we we built something and created something. And I think in the beginning it was a lot more than football, and maybe that is what separates it. Because it wasn't just about wins and losses in 06. Um, you know, we had some challenging years in 07, starting off 0-4, then kind of bouncing back in 08. And then, obviously, got on a run there. And But it still starts with the procurement of players and the vision and the attention to detail in every aspect of the program. And those are the things that I still get angry over little things. And, and that's okay. I mean, I, you know, in other words, I just have to look at it and make sure it's in check and it's not, it's not something that um, is over the top in one area. Um, But I, I listen. I'm I'm very clear and very happy and focused and and excited about what's to come and with no script. I mean, it's real. I I, I think that, and a lot of it, I think, you know, different than a year ago was. You get motivated as a teacher when your students are as excited about excelling as you are teaching. And I felt that this year. And I pointed out that picture at Carolina in the final drive when Willie's reaching out to catch a pass and someone captures a great picture on the sideline and it tells you everything. And when Tim Hightower gets the first down in the four minute at Tampa Bay and the bench is like, you know, excited for him, um, no different than the interception. You know, a guy like Jamarcus Sanford, you know, who prepares like diligently every week as a backup safety. And he plays in special teams. And then here it is. He's very smart. He's extremely smart. And here's the angle route by the halfback. And he happens to be in the right coverage. And he's prepared for that play countless times and, and yet never been able to enter the field to play to make it. So those are the things that I think excite not just me, they excite us as coaches, as front office employees, as owners. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's gratifying. Now, obviously, Coach Payton referring to kind of the inside himself as a, as a man, as a person. Obviously, this decision or lack of decision or this renewal, if you will, 
probably um, had plenty of conversation with regards to what's around Sean Payton. Here's some questions yesterday uh, that Sean had to field uh, regarding that. Uh, when y'all talk this week, did y'all you need reassurances about anything? Did, did y'all talk about things that y'all want to change, whether it's personnel or front office structure? Or well, we, Mickey and I would always hit through a checklist. He can always. One thing we are able to do is, you know, he'll walk down into my office, shut the door, and we'll talk for an hour. Or I'll do the same in his office, and and but I would say our normal end of season discussion would take place just about Tuesday and Wednesday like it did. In other words, Monday's pretty busy. And we talked about a, a lot of things. We talked about some of the positives, where we felt we needed to, uh, what were the, the positions of musts, if you will. We talked about our staff, immediate staff. We talked about personnel. We talked about, and that would be pretty common for us um, at this time of the year. It's exactly the same. I think, listen, I think part of the issue was when I sent you guys steaks and lobsters instead of popcorn. Somebody, somebody at 504, and I don't have anyone's number, said, listen, my mother-in-law thinks you're leaving now that you got the... The chain of command is the same. And, um, and honestly, I'll, I'll just reiterate this 10 years in. I... I want to be the football coach, the head football coach, and focus on that and be involved, obviously, in every aspect of the program. But none of that um, was uh, was a topic or anything that was spent any time discussing. You mentioned, you mentioned compensation. Did other teams reach out to you to see if you'd be interested in your own? No, and other teams can't. I know there was one report. I, I, I don't know the gist of it all, but no. Um, the protocol would have been via the Saints, but no, not at all. And, and it's not about compensation either. I mean, we get in this. In the beginning, we, we get in it to teach and to coach. And, you know, after the success we had here through 9, 10, 11, and, and, and then even 13, the compensation is is something that it provides security, but um, no. Some of this is coming at you in, in the order that it occurred yesterday, some of it not. Like, for instance, this. Coach Payton yesterday asked what one of the bigger challenges will be as they begin a new offseason, and, and what we're calling here is Chapter 2 of the Sean Payton Saints. Um, I don't know that there was one specific change that we sat and spent two or three hours on. I... I, I uh, I think I think it was. Look, as we move forward, the one thing we spent time talking about was, hey, how do we how do we improve this defense, and where do we feel like the positions are that that we need to focus on, um, and we'll spend time with Jeff and Terry on that. And, and look closely at, all right, how can we go about doing that? That has to happen. That has to happen. And we've got to, we've got to be better there to, to have a chance at the success that we're, that we're discussing. If you just look at the teams right now in the field, 
you know, some run it maybe more than others, some throw it. At some point, they've got to be able to complete a third down pass. But, you know, they're typically playing pretty good defense or they're taking the ball away. And I think that's the first thing that, that, that comes to mind. With regard to the Saints defense, obviously there was change in the middle of the year. Obviously there were some things different about the Saints defense late in the season. And, of course, Dennis Allen is in the middle of all this. Uh, Coach Payton yesterday was asked if Dennis Allen will be back next year as the defensive coordinator. I think he did a great job. And so we'll have a chance to sit down and visit, and, and we'll cover the staff changes. I'm going to visit with Dennis specifically. And I think that, uh, you know what, in all likelihood, uh, there's a good chance that that will be the case. But it's just a, a little bit ahead of the ahead of the game. I just spent 10 minutes with the staff. I thought he, he was he was real good coming in in a tough position. I thought he was organized, detailed. Um, I think there are a few pieces that we have to help him with that can help our team. And I think, you know, being in charge of it for the whole course of the offseason. But um, there, there are a lot of good things that, that he did. Uh, I think Finishing up the season, 17 points to that offense with, with some of the players that, that really hadn't gotten the work in the week and, and playing at a high level. Um, he's someone that I think is, is definitely an asset for us. So I think in all likelihood that that's going to happen. I just haven't had a chance to visit with him. And so obviously there was a lot more um, in a 60-plus minute press conference. But um, let's take away this. Uh, Sean Payton is here. Sean Payton wants to finish his career here. Sean Payton wants to continue with uh, a certain structure and personnel around him. Uh, perhaps some tweaks and changes as they may come. But as far as the big pieces, Drew Brees and others, this is what he's planning on. He senses uh, that his football team is going in the right direction. Uh, there's a certain affinity that he has for not only this team, but certainly this city and, and a place that he now truly embraces as home. So um, we'll see what this is like for Payton and the fan base and everybody else as we don't forget, as we will not forget that it was a 7-9 season, but there are some things to take forward in a positive manner. And, um, and now there is a lot of work to be done here in this offseason. Let's, let's not sugarcoat anything about it. But uh, certainly yesterday was, I thought, a, a, a pretty key day, maybe a breath of fresh air for the franchise uh, inside and outside of this building. And we'll leave it at that. I'll let you go through your own uh, evaluation of the day and what's to come. Don't forget, you can you can catch most of all of this at NewOrleansSaints.com. Keep following John DeShazer as well. As just because the season's over doesn't mean that John doesn't have more things that he wants to share with you uh, through the Saints mobile app and NewOrleansSaints.com too. All right, so there you have that. That was big news yesterday, obviously. And now we have to talk some Pelicans basketball and the NFL playoffs this weekend. I told you it's a busy Thursday. And Jennifer Hill's with us after this. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, 
you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Thursday continues here on the Black and Blue Report with a good friend, Jennifer Hale. Um, we'll be on, she'll be on the road with us this weekend and not uh, at an NFL stadium freezing her little backside off as though we'll be doing up in Minneapolis <laughs> this weekend. Jen, on that note, I say welcome and congratulations for not having to wear 15 layers for a football game this weekend. You know, thank you. And I am, I am relieved because I have done an outside game in Minnesota in December. And it wasn't as cold as it's expected to be this weekend. I think it's negative 20 wind chill is what oh. they're predicting. When I had my game there last year in December, it was 10 degrees and wind chill was like minus 7. And I thought I was going to die. I had the heated gloves, jacket, socks, everything. And it was still just absolutely brutal. So this is going to be a miserable game for a lot of folks come Sunday. Yeah, three of the four NFL games are at outdoor venues this weekend, which adds a little extra spice here to the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. And as we mentioned, Jennifer Hale with us here from the NFL on Fox and then, of course, uh, from our own broadcast on Fox Sports New Orleans with the Pelicans. We'll talk basketball in a little bit. I do want to pick your brain about these four games in the NFL this weekend. I've said this now for a few weeks, uh, Jen, and you're going to know better than I because – of the amount of teams that you've been able to be up close and personal with this past season. But I'm rather excited about this NFL postseason. I, I, I think it's really up for grabs on both sides. I, I agree with you. We've seen a lot of emerging teams, a lot of surprise teams, um, and some new players to the field, which always adds intrigue. You know, who would have thought the Redskins would be here? Who would think Carolina would be in the driver's seat? Um, this Teddy Bridgewater-Russell Wilson battle in Minnesota. I think that's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of intrigue this year instead of it kind of just being the same old, same old. Let's start with the two games on Saturday. Um, game number one is interesting because it takes us all the way back to the start of the season. Kansas City at Houston, that is the lone indoor game on the schedule <laughs> uh, this weekend. And, and if you remember, Jen, at the beginning of the season, I think Kansas City soundly beat the Texans. And then after that game, both teams seemingly went in different directions. Kansas City, though, is the hottest team going in, winning 10 straight. Does, does Andy Reid and, and, and the Chiefs, do they have all working in their favor here as they start the weekend off? You know, so often, Sean, you know this, it's about how you finish the season. It's not about how you start. It's, it's about getting hot at the right time. And certainly um, the Chiefs seem to have that, uh, kind of similar to the Redskins. Alex Smith is veteran signal caller who knows how to handle the pressure, knows how to help that team prepare and execute on the field um i would think this one's in the chief's favor for sure yeah no doubt um pittsburgh at cincinnati are you uh are you uh, i know you're an lsu girl which I'm, I'm really hesitant to ask you this question are you on board with the alabama quarterback aj mccarron starting this football <laughs> game for cincinnati i know i'm trying to um i'm trying to be impartial i need to see a little bit more of him um so often these, these SEC quarterbacks, they, they just don't translate to the pros necessarily. Um, I, I don't have a ton of hope for A.J., but maybe he's going to prove me wrong. I'm, I, I'm interested to see him in this situation. you got to figure the big stages he played on with Alabama in those national championships. How much will that help him handle the pressure and, and the spotlight? 
Um, I think this is going to be a real test, a real proving ground for him, and we're about to find out if he's the real deal or not. Let me let me throw this uh, toward your uh, journalistic teeth here, uh, because I could see you sinking in on this one a little bit. Let's say AJ McCarron wins on Saturday, okay? Okay. All right. So obviously, then you have this strange decision in the next round of the playoffs, but maybe on a on a larger stage. Do you think the media covering the Bengals then start to say, um, Andy Dalton is your guy, but yet he's never won a playoff game, and now A.J. McCarron is going to fill in for him, and he wins a playoff game. Who do you go with in the future? <laughs> Don't we love a quarterback controversy? Always fun to watch. Um, you know, I'm going to go the same way that I would have said I'd like to see this Peyton Manning-Brock Osweiler thing play out in Denver, which we found out this morning it is indeed going to be Peyton Manning. Um, I think Andy Dalton has more experience under his belt. Um, playoff game, if, if A.J. McCarron wins, yes, that is certainly a valuable asset for McCarron. Uh, but I think Dalton has, has put in the time on task. Uh, he would be my guy going forward. When you look at how he started the season and what he did, you know, the Bengals weren't really on anybody's radar. Um, I, I would still go with, with, with Andy Dalton. Okay, all right. Sunday's matchup starts with Seattle at Minnesota. You talked about the two quarterbacks in that game. Uh, I think you saw each of those two teams multiple times this year, Jen? I did, yes. Um, let's see. I haven't had the Vikings, though, since last time I had them was in October. Okay. So we'll have to see what happens with these running backs, Marshawn Lynch and uh, Adrian Peterson, who's healthy. And, gosh, Sean, the weather affects so much. Those hits are harder. That ball is more difficult to hang on to uh, for the offensive linemen using their hands, jabbing at that line. It's more painful. Uh, I, I think the weather will play a great, um, a great deal into this matchup. And, and I guess you got to think, boy, two good teams for that. I suppose it's having Seattle come is certainly, I would guess better than a, a Saints or a Tampa Bay or a Miami, some sort of warm weather team. But I, I think that's going to be brutal, and I have to admit, I'm, I'm I'm glad the next time I see the Vikings, they'll be in their dome. <laughs> I know this this will wrap up things here, you know, with them playing on campus there at the University of Minnesota. Tell me about Mike Zimmer, um, and and the reason I ask is I don't know enough about him, and that's probably because the Vikings, I don't think, have gotten enough coverage or credit for what they've done this season. They've been a very quiet team, um, which which, like I said, is fun to watch this season, this postseason. Because you're seeing a lot of different players, and you're going to start learning new personalities. On a on a personal level, I think Mike Zimmer's fantastic. He's very quiet. Um, he kind of reminds you of, of your favorite uncle or, or, or a genteel grandfather type figure, although not quite that old. Um, just a fantastic guy, and he and Teddy Bridgewater have really uh, solidified a good relationship. Zimmer's players play for him. They love him. He has a great bond with that team. Uh, he lets loose a little bit more with them inside the locker room. <laughs> he can get them fired up, and, and, and they have a very good bond. So uh, w when you talk about teams getting hot, culminating at the right point, there's been a lot of effort and a lot of strategy put into building this Vikings team by Zimmer and his staff, and you're starting to see it come to fruition. And then we'll wrap up with Green Bay and Washington. Um, Green Bay, I just can't figure out. This, this goes to show you, Jen, that I know nothing. Um, because I had the Packers contending for the number one seed back at the start of the season. And here they are in an NFC wildcard playoff game against the team that won the worst division in football this year, the Redskins. So, heck, that's why I have you here. I, I don't know what to think about this one. Well, 
I mean, so many of us are in the same boat, Sean. Um, boy, this, this has just kind of been, at least by Green Bay standards, an implosion for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has not looked like himself. I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if we find out later there was some sort of injury or some sort of issue he's working his way through. I last had them two, three weeks ago uh, in Oakland, and, and that game was a struggle for them. It was by no means a walk in the park. True, he's lost a lot of weapons. Um, but it's just been an uncharacteristic season for Green Bay. Now, I will say, when you look at those top veteran quarterbacks who are always going to bring their A game and get up for postseason, Aaron Rodgers would certainly be in that elite number. So I'm curious to see if we if, if we watch a, a rejuvenated Green Bay team, if, if, if they turn the page and kind of find some new spark and new life. Because I think with Aaron Rodgers under center, they're one of the ones, like a Patriots, like a Denver, that could do that. Um, I also have to tell you how impressed I am with this Washington Redskins team. I just had them in Dallas this past Sunday, and, and boy, I mean, everything is starting to click for them. Those guys love Kirk Cousins. They, they are behind him 110%. Our old friend from the Saints, Pierre Thomas, uh, is on that Redskins squad. Uh, I am curious how the injury bug will affect them as well. Now, now granted, the Packers are, are quite beat up as well, but uh, in Sunday's game in Dallas, the Redskins kept saying it's important to win. We want to go into the postseason with momentum. However, they had three members of their secondary go out with concussion-like symptoms, and I wonder how much that's going to come into play this Sunday. Since you just had Washington this past week, and and you did have a chance to talk to Pierre Thomas and others, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement, and I'd like for you to pick a side and tell me why. Is that fair? That's fair. All right, Kirk Cousins is now a true franchise quarterback in the NFL? Hmm. Um, I will say true in terms of that's the best option they have. <laughs> um, I think he still needs to earn a few stripes, but he is taking all the right steps. He is going through the right process. Uh, to me, earning that distinction as a franchise quarterback takes time. You can't just walk in and, and lay claim to it. Uh, but when you look at Kirk Cousins versus, say, a Johnny Manziel, boy, uh, night and day difference um cousins is the most humble team first guy you'll ever meet and it's not an act uh he's, he's just got his his act squared away he's, he's a very grounded young man um very impressive and and his teammates rally behind him he's the type of person you want to succeed on the field because he does everything right off the field in terms of becoming a franchise quarterback so um, I, I think this postseason will, will tell a lot about his future and, and can he be that guy going forward. Jennifer Hale with us here from the NFL on Fox. All right, let's just get down to it here, Jennifer. We've got a couple of teams waiting to see who they'll play in the second week of the playoff round. Of course, we're referring to Arizona and Carolina and Denver and New England. Um, so based on all of your information, a, a body of work that spans now 17 weeks, 16 games in the NFL, who's coming out of this weekend's play amongst the uh, four games? <laughs> Good question. Let's see. All right, picks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Washington just because why not? Um, I like this team, and I think they're playing for a lot. They're really fired up, dialed in, focused in. They've got the right leadership at, at every position. Um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I think they're going to take that one. Um I like the pieces around A.J. McCarron with Cincinnati. So, um, 
you know, I think I'll go Bengals over Steelers, uh, although that'll be interesting. And then, let's see, who am I missing? Um, Seattle, Seattle, Minnesota. Right. Woo. Um, I think I think Minnesota's hungrier. I think Seattle's been there and done that, and and they want they want to continue on. But I think I think the Minnesota Vikings are, are have gotten a taste, and I'm going to go with the Vikings. All right. So one road team, Kansas City. Everybody else at home moves on. You like? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. By the way, let me uh, have you put your NBA hat on for a moment. Let's say that last night was not much fun at the Smoothie King Center. Can we agree on that? <laughs> um, I will second that, yes. Okay. Um, you uh, stepped up big, I thought, in the post-game press conference with Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry and, and, and tried to have a conversation with him about change or how he might go about shaking things up. What kind of an answer did you get? And, and what do you sense is now going to happen with this team heading into the weekend? You know, Sean, I thought he was being candid when he said he wasn't 100% sure exactly what changes were coming, but that change had to happen. Uh, I, I think they have to very carefully consider their options. And I would imagine it is a very busy day uh, off the court in, in the offices for the Pelicans there on Airline Drive today. Um, you, you've got to do something different or, or your season's a wash. Um, I don't believe that Anthony Davis is happy right now. I think he's frustrated. I think that that's a very dangerous situation, and thank goodness the Pelicans signed him to an extension when they did. Um, Alvin Gentry threw out the possibility of everything from changing lineups to, to being more drastic and changing personnel, changing the roster. Uh, we, we've got some time before the trade deadline, and, and I, I would expect to see at least one or two personnel moves. I, I really do. All right, so you have time before the deadline, but how much time do you really have now with your record sitting at 11 wins? It's, well, are you talking in terms of playoffs? Well, no, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you're talking about if, if there's going to be changes to be made and you have some time before the deadline, how much of that time can you use now based on the situation that the Pelicans find themselves in? I think it has to be immediate. To be honest with you, Sean, I was a little bit surprised that, that a West Coast road trip, gosh, I guess, 12 days ago, mm -hmm. they all run together. I, I was kind of waiting for something to happen then. Um, I, I, I think all of the guys on this team are good people, and I think that's, that's part of what's making the decision a little bit difficult for the front office in that you can't identify a bad apple or a particular problem per se. That, that would make the decision a little bit more cut and dried. Um, but at this point, 11 wins. You've got to do something different, or, or you might as well just, just tank and go for a draft pick. And that certainly, first of all, isn't Alvin Gentry's personality. But secondly, that's not the way he wants to start his tenure here in New Orleans. He's going to fight. So I, I think we're going to see some, some strategic moves coming out of, out of that office here shortly. It may. It may. And then again, this is the same team that a week ago, uh, or excuse me, this past Saturday, looks dynamite on the road against Dallas, and then against Dallas last night, not so good. So um, you know, we may all get to the Smoothie King Center tomorrow night against a very good Indiana team and may see a great game. <laughs> that's, the, that's the mysterious thing about this team right now. It's so true, Sean, and I think that's part of what's making this decision difficult. Probably every time they start leaning one way, the Pelicans put together a great game, and, and that, that causes hesitation. <laughs> this is very true. Um, selfishly, Jennifer Hale, we have you all weekend, and I'm very pleased about that. We will not be sending you off to some NFL city this weekend, so... Um, Yay us. 
I'm excited, too. It's going to be a great road trip and uh, definitely bigger and better things on the horizon for the Pelicans. Jennifer Hale, Joel Myers, David Wesley, Fox Sports New Orleans, starting again tonight against Indiana and then on the West Coast with games against the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Sacramento Kings. Jennifer, enjoy the football this weekend from afar, and uh, I'll see you at the Smoothie King Center tomorrow night. Sounds great, Sean. Thanks for having me. You bet. There she is, and we'll take a quick time out and return on the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Friday, January 8th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Indiana Pacers battle your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and celebrate Superhero Night. The first 8,000 in attendance will receive a Pelican Superhero poster. Come dressed as your favorite superhero and you can enter our costume contest to have a chance to win great prizes. Tickets start as low as $21, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. Friday, we'll be here before you know it. That'll be our next Black and Blue Report. Tomorrow, we're going to talk more Pelicans basketball. Um, I think we're going to get to know one of the new assistant coaches tomorrow. That's my hope as we uh, get ready for another home game. That'll be against the Indiana Pacers. Will we, um, will we uh, talk a little more about the NFL playoffs? Sure, why not? <laughs> the NFL, we got four games to talk about this weekend. That's the best part. Two games Saturday, two games on Sunday. The Alvin Gentry Show returns tonight on the radio. We'll hope to see you on 99.5 WRNO-FM, 7 until 7.30 Central Time. Uh, 30 minutes of Pelicans basketball with the majority of that being spent with Alvin Gentry. Um, I will be, as soon as uh, we finish producing the podcast here today, compiling the questions that need to be asked to the head coach. I'm sure that before we even turn on the microphone, there'll be some things that he wants to address, and we'll slide those in there as well. So, We'll see you on the radio tonight. Otherwise, uh, some of the highlights for you tomorrow, for those of you not in the listening area um, you know, here in the New Orleans Metro, uh, we'll share some of the some of the things that we find out tonight from Coach uh, with you on tomorrow's Black and Blue Reports. Thanks to Jennifer Hale today. Thanks to Daniel Salerson, who uh, helped us wade through a lot of the Sean Payton press conference from yesterday to uh, share with you today on the podcast. And as always, thank you as well for making this part of your Thursday. All right, go Saints, go Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you right here next time on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. 
Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.